Ladies and gentlemen, now it's too late with Alan Mosley. Guys, welcome back for another episode of It's Too Late. I am your host, Alan Mosley, joined once again this week by the number one producer in late night, Sherry Voluntary. Sherry, how are you doing? I'm great, surprisingly. Surprisingly? Why? What's what's going on? I don't know, because I'm me. <laughs> tell 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 Uncle Alan what's the matter. <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> it's, well, I, I'll tell you what's the matter with me is that it this this very Saturday, as as you're watching this, it's literally three days away from the It's Too Late 2021 live show. But you gotta get your tickets. Guys. We've been over this now the last few weeks. <laughs> there are people in our private community group talking to one another about, hey, do you want to get brunch before Alan's show? That I know for a fact, because I have the list right here, they haven't bought tickets. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we should what just have that. I, I, I thought about doing a thing. <laughs> just this is, this is one of those random goat trails. I thought about doing a thing where I would... I would use like, I don't know, maybe I'll use a green screen or something and I'll get some different clothes and I'll, I will reenact a bunch of memes. So for this one, for this one, I'm going to be that black guy that's like, am I a joke to you? <laughs> like these, these people obviously think I'm kidding that they're not going to be getting into the show if they haven't right. gotten a ticket. And, but you know, you and I decided last week that if they don't have a ticket and they show up, then it's $20. 20. It's 20. normally 10. It's going to be 20. Moolah. So there you go. I think yeah. that that's the only fair way to do it. One other bit of uh, newskeeping or uh, newskeeping. What, what is that? Housekeeping <laughs> that we have to do before we move on. We're, we're doing a it's too late community survey. Well, let me explain to you for, for those in the back who <laughs> God forbid there's any engagement with our audience. The reason why we're trying to do this is, you know, we're thinking about what projects we want to kind of prioritize going into later, going into the summer, after the live show, basically. Like, mm -hmm. I got to be honest with you, all of our efforts are going to the live show. Right mm -hmm. I have to, I have to do a show. But anyway, we want to, we want to ask you guys your opinions on the show, on some of the bits that we do in the segments. What kind of guests would you like to see? What, what kind of topics would you like to discuss? So all those questions and more are going to be found in the It's Too Late community survey. You can go to facebook.com slash TV. It's pinned to the top of the page. You're, you'd be helping us out. I feel like, I feel like maybe we should have added on there like one lucky cert respondent will get an Amazon gift card or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm saying I'm saying we should have said that. I've I, I never had any intention of doing it. I'm just saying we should have said we were going to do it. We'll give them a wish gift card. <laughs> Which, what, who is it that they have to order from to get some child labor inside their <laughs> bodega? Who is it? Oh, Kathy Lee Griff or which one? Kathy Lee, what's her face? I don't know. Whatever it is. What? <laughs> Wherever you like to go for your child slaves, we'll get you a gift card if you go to the It's Too Late community survey, which you can find right there. Yeah. So one thing I got to mention before we take our first break. First of all, how many people, be honest now, don't go look it up. Okay. How many people knew that the Grammys were just on? I did not. Honestly, you did, I wondered you... why I saw many posts about Beyonce. I'm like, why is she all of a sudden? Yeah. Yes, on? Exactly. So the Grammys were just on and they weren't like, I don't even think they were on TV. I think it was like one of those, you know, the Rona is going to kill all of our arts and entertainment people. <laughs> so, so they did like a digital Grammys, right. oh. which means, and, and by the way, it's super awkward when 
you have like some random performances and then the and then the announcer comes on stage but there's no there's no applause because right. it's empty right because there's no one there Ugh. and so it's just yeah man it just it like what's that it's that it's that uh it's that uh, uncanny valley thing of when you see yeah. CGI, but you know it's not real. Like it, it triggers you when you're like, "Well, if the guy plays the show and they're in an auditorium, but then you can hear a needle, a pin drop." It's like it's weird, unsettling. It, it is. It's really unsettling. So yeah. they they had that. It was kind of, it was kind of a laugher. But the thing that a lot of people are tweeting about today is Bill, the comedian Bill Burr, uh -huh. which you can see right there. Bill Burr, and and I love Bill Burr by the way. Yeah. Oh, he's awesome. Bill Burr was one of the presenters for a handful of categories at the Grammys last night. Now, I just want to say really quick before we get into the, the usual suspects that were nonplussed with Bill Burr's presentation is that you know who Bill Burr is, right? Right. Like, you, you know he's a comedian. You know what his style, his shtick is, right? You know that he's, he can be a little... <laughs> Be a little on the nose, right? With some top, you know, your granny's probably going to want to sit through. <laughs> you know, you know that he is eager to wade into politically incorrect waters. Correct. I think that is that is as generous as I can put it without yeah. just calling out the snowflakes. <laughs> so, so anyway, and and you and I talked about this before the show. It wasn't just that he was a presenter at the Grammys. And it wasn't just that he acted the way you expect Bill Burr to act. And so why would you be surprised? Right. But if I told you he was the presenter for the rock category, you probably wouldn't be that surprised, right? No. But yeah, you, if I told you he was the presenter, I mean, Bill Burr is not into country, but if it was country, right. Western, folk, whatever, you'd probably be, okay, whatever, right? White guy territory. Yes. What? Okay, like let's call us let's call a spade a spade. Pardon my racial slurs. It's white guy territory. All right. What do you think he was the presenter for? Uh, something not white guy territory. <laughs> so so he was presenting for a slew of categories, mostly based around Latin rock, Latino alternative, and Latino tropical, as well as regional Mexican music awards. Uh, well, that's what I think of when I think of Bill Burr. <laughs> So I just want to, so, so for the people out there that are just, just shocked and outraged that Bill Burr pretended to be Bill Burr is the Academy did it. Like they hired Bill Burr knowing full well who he is and they put him on that part of the show. Wow. So if you're, in case you're wondering, like I would love to play the clip, but we don't want like our thing to be flagged on YouTube yeah. or whatever. So I'm not going to play the clip, but Right before he came on, he did this bit like there was this moving piano symphony ballad <laughs> thing that got played right before he came on. Mm -hmm. And then the announcer before him was like, oh, that was so moving. I'm I'm tearing up, you know, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, here's Bill Burt. Very first thing he says when he walks up to the microphone is, was I the only one who wanted to kill himself during that piano solo? <laughs> Classic Bill Burt. Like... <laughs> I bought a suit for this. I thought it was going to be on TV. Such a moron. I'm losing money on this right now. Ooh. So, so he, so he nails the piano ballad and he nails the fact that this is not on TV and that they're doing all the, mm -hmm. you know, special Rona stuff. Right. It doesn't stop there. So then as he's presenting all these categories and, and far be it for me to be, so, to be culturally insensitive, but you know, jack off Scotch Irish Bill Burr, 
mm-hmm. is doesn't know how to pronounce a lot of these Latin names. All right. How dare he? So he says, and I quote, I can't say this name. Natalie, what? And then he says, if I butchered her name, I'm sorry. Natalie, you won. <laughs> <laughs> what a grand announcement. <laughs> but then, and this was really the ultimate kicker. He says, and I quote, you know, the feminists online right now are going uh, going nuts. Why is this cis white male doing all this Latino stuff? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I, I want to, I'm not going to do any more Bill Burr impersonations. I just, I just want to end right there by saying that. So Bill Burr was Bill Burr mm-hmm. and all, all of the right people were upset Right. That Bill Burr was one of the presenters. And all the people who are fans of Bill Burr are in no way surprised by his performance. They enjoyed his performance. Yeah. So I guess Bill Burr, you know, it's funny. We've talked about comedians on the show before, and we talked about like Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. And and Dave Chappelle is a guy who has not shied away from giving his opinion. And he and I wouldn't like he's I wouldn't necessarily put him in a specific political camp. It's more that he he's a free thinking person and he yes. has opinions on different subjects and he shares them. And if you don't like it, go to hell. Right. And and Bill Burr kind of falls a little bit into that category, maybe not quite as 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 much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's one of those things where it 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 requires some of the more well-established like veterans, particularly in comedy, to be more outspoken. Mm-hmm. And because the younger guys, like like I'll I'll be fair, the younger guys who are just getting their start in Hollywood, who don't have a huge name, who haven't made a billion dollars yet, right? They stand to lose a lot if they yes. get canceled. They'll just get canceled. But you know, if you're Dave Chappelle and you've already proven you're uncanceled. <laughs> you can mm-hmm. do whatever you want. And he's also made a fair amount of money, let's by the right. way. He can afford to go out on that limb. Right. And say, you're not going to silence me. This is what I have to say. Bill Burr's kind of in the middle. Bill Burr has had plenty of success, especially in the last few years. But he I I don't think anyone thinks Bill Burr is as established as Dave Chappelle. Right. You know, and and, and Bill Burr's a little bit tied to all that Gina Carano, Star right. Wars, the Mandalorian stuff, because he's on that show and he had actually come out and he came. He kind of came out sort of in a lukewarm defense of he thinks Gina Carano is a very nice lady, mm-hmm. and and he thinks what was done was wrong, and then that makes him afraid. He's like, oh, well, I got to be careful what I say because I could be next, and mm-hmm. and he's right. He could be next. So on the one hand, I'm willing to give Bill Burr a pass that he's still trying to make his fortune, and he is afraid that he could be canceled. On the other hand, he is willing to take calculated shots. Right. He is willing to pick his battles and go out there and say what he wants to say. Still Bill Burr. It, so. It, it sounds like manufactured outrage to me. Like, you yeah. know, haven't those shows, those award shows have been losing viewership forever? Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. so who puts Bill Burr in that situation? Like, you, you don't know what you're getting. Either you're that stupid that you shouldn't have had the job in the first place to pick him or you meant to do it. Or you meant to do it. Yeah, exactly right. Well, on that note, I guess all I can really say is, is we're going to continue to say whatever we want on the show because canceling a libertarian just takes his audience from <laughs> 17 to zero. It's, it's, yeah. So I'm going to continue by God. You know what? That's on that survey, by the way, I'm going to pull that back up. That, that's, those are questions on the survey yeah. is asking people, what do you think about where we draw the line in 
should we continue down that road? Should we draw I, a line? Should, yeah. What's, <laughs> what's a line? That sounds fascist to me. Yeah. Guys, we're going to be back with the meme of the week in the viewer mail right after this break. Guys, welcome back to the show. Sherry. Yes. What time is it? <gasps> Meme of the week. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi right there at the top. Exclusive GOP reps take the gloves off after <laughs> Dems pass 1.9 trillion atrocity. Republicans taking the gloves off. You know what? I'm going to start being useless even harder. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, where's the lie, though? Where is the... <laughs> That's great. I'm sorry. We're So we're going to talk about the Stimupork in, in the next segment. We did a Stimupork episode, and then we did Stimupork 2.0 because they had passed another stimulus bill. Now the third, one's, the third one is upon us, and so we're going to do Stimupork 3.0. That's what the name of the show is going to be. Um, but there's going to be a twist there that just because this particular stimulus was passed with, with Democrat-controlled legislature and the republicans by and large voted against it don't let that fool you into thinking there's some champions of fiscal conservatism so we're going to get to that <laughs> after the break but in the meantime let's go ahead and answer some viewer mail i love that sound effect by the way i know it's, it's great i know all right, so we're going to answer the viewer mail. We're going to start with Andrew Avery, who writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, will you be doubling down on your St. Patrick's Day celebration? It's it's St. <sighs> Patrick's Day. That's that's true. I guess I for, it is. I, I, I mean, do you do anything? Is that is that even a recognized holiday for you? I mean, I gave up drinking right now to lose some weight. So, no, I don't do anything this year. Okay, well, you're <laughs> well, in that case, you're a racist. Usually I just be me. It's just a, I mean, yeah, you just day drink on occasion. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't matter if it's St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Um, Andrew, I don't even celebrate like Thanksgiving and Christmas for God's <laughs> sake. So, I mean, talking to, all right. Uh, Adam Sakosin writes, dear Alan and Sherry, have you ever been in a fist fight, drunken brawl or insurrection? I see what you did there at the end, Adam. <laughs> So, so for our, our friends, for, for the feds who keep up with this show, I have, you know, I have not. Right. <laughs> I have never, I've never been in any such thing. Um, I don't think I've ever been drunk, so I don't think I can be in a drunken brawl. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. unless you were, other people were drunk and you were in the brawl. Yeah. Other but, people were drunk and I just, I, I, I happened by the chance. brawl with them. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, no. 
Uh, Lyle Durio, I did. Well, I tell you what, when I was in middle school, I stabbed a kid. <laughs> but that's a story that you only get if you come to the It's Too Late 2021 live show. That's this Saturday, March 20th. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lyle Durio writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, I like how you laugh because you've heard the story. Mm. Um, Lyle Durio writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, have either of you had any cop encounters that stood out for being scary, funny, sad, or tyrannical? Sherry, I, I can't imagine you've had any encounters with the police. Yeah. I mean, what my they arrested my stepdad for murder uh, when I was about 12 years old. Wow. Um, it was completely like, you'd have to hear the story another day, but it was complete bullshit. And um, they kind of knew it was bullshit and they violated his rights. It was very traumatic for me and my family. So there you have it. Yeah. So just just don't. Just, just don't. Yeah. Just don't just, have interactions. Yeah. Just don't have encounters with the cops. Yeah. Um, the, I'll actually, it's, you know, Lyle, I can actually tell you the, the longer story. I think I've shared it on the show before, actually, of the, the lockdowns from the Rona back, like, in April of last year. Um, of course, we operate a studio and we have a rental space. And we actually, the, the police officers, you want to talk about, oh, your, your valiant protectors who back the blue, they'll, they'll never enforce these unconstituted blah, 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 blah. No, they were driving up and down the street, knocking on doors, telling people, we want to see those lights off. You better be closed. We don't we won't, we don't want to see people coming in this parking lot. Right. Like how, who are you? First of all, who are you to tell me that? And, and second of all, boy, like. I'm I'm so glad you're standing up against tyranny in my name. Yes. Jesus. Mm. Uh, Daniel Blanchett writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, why wasn't this you? So he actually has a uh, an Apple News report that it was a better who bet on a fifteen uh, a fifteen leg parlay. Uh, they placed like a six hundred dollar bet on a fifteen team parlay, and they won they basically won? a million dollars <gasps> on that. Why wasn't that you, Alan? <laughs> well, I'll I'll tell you what. I'll tell you why that wasn't me. Because for my friends at the IRS, I, I've never won money. That's true. Anymore. That's true. And right. you have to have $600 to bet. They're true. Yeah. <laughs> if if we get more damn people to come to the live right. show, then we'll... What, this is what... Okay, this is what we'll do. We'll take everybody's ticket money and we'll just let it ride on black. And we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. If I win, I'll keep the money and pay, give you your ticket back. Oh, yay. <laughs> if I lose, you have to buy another ticket. <laughs> uh, Derek Truesdale writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, if you ban Andrew, would that make you pro-pun control? Oh, <laughs> that's deep, man. That's so, levels to that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond. So first of all, I'm going to tell you what Andrew said back. Because Andrew, he couldn't let this slide. Right. <laughs> he, had to, he had to get involved. He says... Well, since it's Andrew Avery, wouldn't it be anti-2A? Oh, my goodness. This is, this is the kind of stuff taking place at literally right now as we speak. This is happening <laughs> in the it's, on the It's Too Late live on the community page. So you have to ask. That's a private group. You have to ask yeah. to be a member of that. We don't, we don't just let any old commie into right. the private page. But if, in case you're wondering, should I, should I get involved in that? That's what you're missing if that you don't. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. You're missing out. That type of deep philosophical libertarianism. That's <laughs> what you're. That's what you're missing. Uh, Bob Smiley writes, "Dear Alan and Sherry, have you ever given anyone a wet willy?" No. You haven't. No. Um, First of all, that's disgusting. 
Okay, you're lying. I have. I have. <laughs> okay, that's right. I have. I'm the oldest of three, y'all. Come on. Oh, God. Tyrannical. So, first of all, that's disgusting. <laughs> it doesn't and second of all, that's a violation of the nap. Yeah. Unless they wanted it. And yes, Dad. that's 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 what always gets her into trouble. All right. Last one, because this is this is getting out of hand. Uh, at one, no, unfortunately, there's there's two more. I, we're, we're way over okay. time. So since we're over time, we're going to do right. a few more. OK. Uh, Eric Eli writes, dear Alan and Sherry, uh, do you remember what you were doing in 1999 on New Year's Eve right before uh, Y2K and all the stuff that was going down? Yes. What, what were you, what were you, so what were you doing right before Y2K? Well, remember I used to be in that religious group? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We had a party and we... Okay, and, and you served Kool-Aid. Well, not that night. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we had a party, you know, and we were partying, I guess. And But we, we prepared for Y2K, though, for sure. They had us all prepared. And... Yeah. Um, I was, I was only 14 when shut up yeah so i mean i was i was probably playing starcraft yeah i was doing, like 24 yeah <laughs> jesus <laughs> something like so, that I don't so if i do the math that makes you 86 today um <laughs> suzanne sherman writes dear alan and sherry is is ice a rock suzanne you cannot fool me so ice in fact is not a rock but hold on glacial ice is a rock that's amazing. And for I, me, ice is cops. So, well, so ice is not a rock because, okay, so this is, this is actually a thing, but I looked this up, Suzanne. I looked this up because I'm like, <laughs> I, I'll be damned if I let Sherman get, pull one over on That's me. That's a good question though. She was it is, a, it, is a, it is a good question. Yeah. So, so the, uh, so like the people who decide mineral and stuff, right. they say that if it is, <laughs> It, if it is artificially produced, like you're making ice in your, in your, you know, in your freezer, in your refrigerator, in your ice maker, that, so that's artificial. So that can't be a rock. Right. But if it is a natural forming mineral and it exists on the earth, then that is a rock. So that's why a glacier is a rock. Interesting. But like, like my ice in my cup is not a rock. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah. So Suzanne, when this, this episode gets like no views and everyone tunes out at viewer mail, your fault. Yeah. Uh, Dale William Melton writes, dear Alan and Sherry, is the human race older than we think it is vis-a-vis -vis ancient aliens or Stargate SG-1? I like how that's very specific, by the way. Right. Or and, Stargate SG-1. And how we think it, like, I don't know, what do we think? Are we talking 6,000 years or 6 million? Like, yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, I feel like we should ask Sarah Palin because whatever her answer is, it'll be a delightful. <laughs> that would be great. I'd love to see that. All right. <clears throat> so it, it is, well, I mean, it, again, so Sherry's right. It is, what, what is we think? If we think then that, you know, life has been around for millions of years, then yes. If you don't think that, then no. <laughs> then go then go watch stargate sg1 i mean i like both um, those shows but i don't i never got into stargate i don't think aliens made us but you know how do i know jeff johnson is bringing up the rear this week dear alan and sherry 
Which one of you has the biggest shoe collection? Sherry, how many shoes do you have? Oh, Lord. I I don't know. I have a good 50 probably. So I'm Jesus sure I have Christ. more shoes than... I know. It's terrible. But I'm sure I have more shoes than Alan. Even if it's not 50, it's more than Alan has. Definitely. Okay. I mean, I I do have shoes. Yeah. So... You have at least I, two pairs. I, I, if you do, do flip flops count? I think they would count as shoes. Yeah. Okay. If flip flops count, then I have four pairs of shoes. That's, that's typical man shoes. Cause I have, I have tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. Dress and shoes. I, and I have dress shoes. And then I have, uh, like your, your, your work shoes that you don't care what happens to them. Mm-hmm. And then I have, I have flip flops. There Sounds pretty typical. So I'm just pretty typical to you, huh? Yeah, as far as shoes go. <laughs> do you know somebody said I'm among the worst podcast hosts that they've ever heard? <laughs> I do, actually. That that actually tells me they don't listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> exactly. That's all that tells me. Certainly not a lot of libertarian ones. <laughs> we're trying to get more people to come to the show on Saturday, right, right. Jerry, not less. Guys, we're going to be back to talk about the latest Stimuport bill right after this break. Stick around. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Email us at info at alanmosley.tv. Guys, welcome back to It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. We're going to be talking about Stimupork 3.0. You probably already heard about the $1.9 trillion stimulus bill. So it has already passed. I love how Forbes, by the way, uh, for, pull that back up. I love how Forbes poses this as a question. Is, <laughs> is, is, there, is there wasteful spending in the new $1.9 trillion coronavirus? Right. Spend? Is, there, is there, though? They've all been so, you know, put to the, the right tasks before now. So I'm, I'm going to pull a Bill Burr and butcher the name. It's from Adam Andrzejewski. It's from Adam Andrzejewski. <laughs> That's how it's spelled. Give me a yes. damn break. Anyway, and there's a beautiful picture of Nancy with her, with her entourage. Um, so anyway, $1.9 trillion emergency aid package, it has been passed, is the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021. What, what a name. Um, <laughs> So you might remember on previous episodes of the show, we talked about the, the last couple of stimulus bills and we talked about um, the pork. That's hence the name stimmy pork. That mm-hmm. when you look at the totality of the spending of the bill and you just divide that amongst Americans, the numbers don't add up. It's like, well, if the bill is $1.9 trillion and they're giving me 1400 that should have come out to like 6 k or something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come out to that. So... You know, like 85, 90% plus of the damn bill is loosely going to COVID efforts. It sure as heck ain't going to you. Right. Uh, Previous legislation had already provided at least $4 trillion in funds for testing, paid family leave, small business relief, direct payments to individuals. The Kennedy Center. We'll get to that in a second. A plethora of non-COVID-19 related relief. 
So we're going to go through a little bit of this. Nancy Pelosi's leadership team essentially wrote the bill. Our auditors at OpenTheBooks.com found what House Democrats consider coronavirus recovery essential spending. Mm-hmm. 1.5 million earmarked for the Seaway International Bridge, which connects New York to Canada. Senate leader Chuck Schumer hails from New York. 50 million for, quote, family planning. You know what that means. Mm. It's going to nonprofits such as Planned Parenthood or public entities, including for services for adolescents. Just want a a really quick aside right there. Um, I'm not usually one of these guys that gets really caught up in this whole boomer con thing of, oh, they're just going to give all that money to Planned Parenthood. Right. And And the reason why I don't do that is because, frankly, conservatives don't have a single leg to stand on when they keep on electing GOP representatives who then still vote for more funding for Planned Parenthood. Ooh. We'll get to that later. $852 million for AmeriCorps, AmeriCorps Vista, and the National Senior Service Corps. And, didn't what? even know about that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the Corporation for National and Community Service Civic Volunteer Agencies. This includes $9 million for the AmeriCorps Inspector General to conduct oversight and audits of the largesse. AmeriCorps received a $1.1 billion 2020 appropriation. So they're, so they're getting almost a billion more dollars, but wow. $9 million of that is for their Inspector General to just make sure they needed it. Right. I guarantee if they gave me a billion, I wouldn't need another billion quite so soon. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I have seen a lot of people make that joke and, I, and I'm right there with you that, you know, if you're if you're just out here printing billions with a B like it, um, trillions with a T as if it literally doesn't matter at all. If you just give me one million, I'll never complain again. <laughs> I'll just I'll just be on my way. Right. And you'll never hear from me. Move on to other things. People of goodwill debate that each of these goals, uh, whether or not they're needed, but is it truly emergency spending or funding related to COVID-19? For example, you remember, of course, the, the, the $15 minimum wage didn't make it. Mm-hmm. They House Democrats and, and Senate Democrats, for that matter, wanted it, but the, it, it didn't go through. Um, a nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office said that had they passed a $15 minimum wage, it would have cost the economy 1.4 million jobs. So in, in their opinion, in, in their loose opinion of economics, it would have brought a certain amount of people raised their total annual income. But they themselves would admit, but 1.4 million people are going to be unemployed. So it's like, what are you saying to the 1.4 million people then? Is that, well, look, guys, we, we, got, we got to raise incomes of some other people. So you're just you're just going to have to tighten your belt to the tune of zero income. Right. Like, I don't. I don't know. Um, so how about this? The coronavirus stimulus bill does provide 473 billion in payments to individuals, 75 billion in cash for vaccines, 26 billion to restaurants. They wouldn't need that if they could just be open. Right. 15 billion to help fund airline payrolls. Imagine. By the way, the airlines are getting another bailout. No way. <laughs> And another $7.2 billion to the Paycheck Protection Program funding for small businesses. However, the Wall Street Journal editorial board estimates that only $825 billion was directly related to COVID-19 relief. The other $1 trillion was, quote, expansions of progressive programs, pork, and unrelated policy changes. Let's talk about a few of those policy changes, shall we? Fun. For example... Our auditors found 470 million in the bill 
that doubles the budgets of the Institute of Museum and Library Services. That, that's, for those that don't know, that's where the hobos take showers. Um, <laughs> and the National Endowment of the Arts and Humanities. Breaking those down. $200 million in the bill for the Institute of Museum and Library Services. Just so that you know, their annual budget circa 2019 was $230 million. So they're, they're getting their wow. annual budget, and then on top of that, they're getting an extra $200 million. So basically, they're getting another budget annually, right. just because. Just um, and by the way, they don't have an inspector general, so no one, no one's judging where that money's going. Mm. 270 million funds the National Endowment of the Arts and Humanities. For the record, their 2019 budget was 253 million, so they're more than doubling their annual budget. In 2017, a Forbes study showed 80% of all nonprofit grant making flowed to well-heeled organizations already over already worth more than a million dollars. So they, so they're giving these hundreds of millions of dollars to the National Endowment of Arts and Humanities, selling it to the layman as, well, this is the funds that will then be available for grants to all of your local nonprofits and arts initiatives. Right. But 80% of that money just goes to the politically well-connected. Right. I know you're surprised. I know. Yeah. And, and the people that are hungry, you know, they really are glad you're funding the arts at this time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because the, because if, if my local library has more books, then I won't die of the Rona. Exactly. Right. You'll, you'll at least die with something to read. Yeah. <laughs> at least John McCain died. You know? Anyway. I'm surprised you didn't have any response to that. Anyway, okay. A quick spotlight on agencies and, and entities receiving coronavirus recovery money in the bill includes... $350 billion to bail out the 50 states and the District of Columbia. The so I want to dig into this one just for a second, because there's a lot of boomer cons out there that have said, this is a wealth transfer where the red states are going to bail out the blue states. And then you've had left-wing people saying, well, the red states are the ones that get the majority of the handouts from the feds to begin with, so I don't want to hear it. Mm. Both can be true, by the way. Right. But we have, but let's stay on topic specifically for this bill. How will they determine what of that $350 billion, how much goes to different states? This is how. The allocation formula used, uses the unemployment rate in the fourth quarter of 2020. Therefore, states like New York and California, who had strict economic lockdown policies and therefore high unemployment, will get more bailout money. While states like Florida and South Dakota, who were open for business and therefore had lower unemployment, will get less. Imagine Sherry, that. that sounds like a wealth transfer from the red states to the blue states. I don't know. Yes, it does. Yes, it, it I also mean, is, yeah. It's, it's interesting to break it down that way to understand exactly how they go about it. Like, how did, mm -hmm. like, was it, was it just them throwing, you know, spit on the wall to see what stuck? No, that's how they did it. They tied it to unemployment, and if your state's open, you probably have lower high unemployment. So there you go. Right. Does it also sound like a what? punishment? <laughs> I couldn't imagine our wise overlords like Joe Biden would do such a thing. Right. Corn, corn pop wouldn't like that. Corn pop. <laughs> $128.5 billion to fund K-12 education. The CBO determined that most of the money in education will be distributed in the years 2022 through 2028 when the pandemic is over. 
So how can they be desperate for $128.5 billion when they're earmarking that money for years from now? If, if you've got a kid in high school, he'll be out of school before they've even spent the money that was allegedly to get him back in school because of the coronavirus. And, and isn't it nice that now they know exactly when it's going to be over? Well, I mean, I mean, Sherry, come on, <laughs> come on. 86 billion to save nearly 200 pension plans insured by the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corps. There, so first of all, there's a Pension Benefit Guarantee Corps, just so that you know. I, okay. There are no I reforms mandated while these badly managed pensions are bailed out. Many of the pension plans are co-managed by unions. Right. So I, I, I can say that. I like that that they added that little tidbit in there because it, it 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 reminds me a lot of the whole uh, student loan cancellation thing, which hasn't happened as of yet. Honestly, if I mm -hmm. were having to get, if I were a betting man, which of course I'm not, but if I were, right. I bet they do it eventually. I bet they do mm -hmm. it eventually. But one one there and there's many of complaints to be had about about that. But one of the one of the biggest complaints to me is is that. If you're going to erase student loan debt, but you're going to in no way reform the system under which the student right. loan debt was accrued, then you're going to be right back in the same boat 10 years later with millions of people saying, hey, it's my turn. Was, right. We got We got to do the meme. Like, we'll do the we'll do the meme where I'm doing the. I'm doing <laughs> the. the like I'm holding out my hand and I'm pointing like, where's my, you know, that meme that got the, right, uh, the, right. the colonial guy waiting for his cut. I'm, I'm, we're going to do that. $50 billion goes to the Federal Emergency Management Agency. Oh, God, here come the FEMA camps, libertarians. Mm. A portion of these funds is earmarked to reimburse up to $7,000 for funeral and burial costs related to COVID-19 deaths. That's interesting, I guess. Okay. That's, I like how FEMA, like... FEMA, people who are pro-FEMA see them as saviors. People who are anti-FEMA see them as killers. And part of the earmark is to pay for burials. I just, I kind of right. find that funny. And like, only for people who died of COVID. So if you, if your family member died from something else, well, screw you. You know, what's funny is, is that they, God knows that they've been inf inflating the numbers by people who died with COVID, you know, being a part of the COVID mm -hmm. statistics. I bet if it, I bet if they had to be on the hook for the money, then they would suddenly found that you died of something else. Right. Just, just, just a suspicion <laughs> that I have. Uh, $39.6 to higher education. Going back to that from a second ago, this amount is three times the money, $12.5 that higher ed received from the Massive CARES Act funding from last March. So they're getting another three times share uh, from, I guess, about a year ago. $1.5 for Amtrak. Well, golly gee, let's also bail out the railroads. <laughs> the, have you... <sighs> Sherry, what's the last time you rode on a train? At Dollywood. Okay, okay. I'm just, I'm just going to cut you off right there because the train at Dollywood doesn't count. It's a private train. $1.5 billion for Amtrak, the National Railroad Passenger Corporation. In fiscal year 2020, Congress appropriated $3 billion for Amtrak, $2 billion in annual appropriations, plus an additional billion in the CARES Act COVID relief bill. Because Amtrak was, got the Rona. They got it. They were sick. Right. In the three years before the pandemic, Amtrak lost 
$392 million, and that's even after a $5 billion taxpayer subsidy between 2017 and 2019. Imagine, mm -hmm. guys, this is, this is how you know that just the sheer decadence and just the, the gaudy appeal of Sherry Voluntary. Sherry Voluntary <laughs> can be given $5 billion and still manage to be negative 392 in the hole. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, Ooh, I, I wish I I'm could. sorry. I meant Amtrak, not Sherry Voluntary. My, right, right. my mistake. <laughs> um, but again, let's not get too carried away here. During the last three years, Republicans and Democrats have combined to help drain the U.S. Treasury from the left and the right. The national debt has increased from $10 trillion in 2008 to $19.6 trillion in 2016 to $23.6 trillion in 2020, just four years later, and stands at $28 trillion as of this writing. Continuing coronavirus responses and bloated legislation will drive the national debt much higher. Now, on that note, I had made a post on social media because... Again, I know that there's a lot of right-wingers out there that say, well, the Democrats are in office, so that means it's time for us to say that this is all them rascally Democrats' fault. Right. But go, Sherry, go ahead and pull this up right here. Now, this was back when the Senate was still debating it and still debating the minimum wage, but I just want to read a piece of this. Now, the, the, basically, the only thing the Republicans were after, you might be thinking to yourself, well, they're fiscal conservatives, so they're going to want <laughs> to oppose this bill. <laughs> They would have imposed the entire <laughs> bill because a true principled fiscal conservative would be against $1.9 trillion bills being passed for coronavirus relief at all, no matter who right. the money went to. However, the only thing that they really went after was talking down Democrats from a 400 a week unemployment insurance benefit to 300 a week unemployment insurance benefit. But it actually kind of washed a little bit because it would be 300 a week, but for a month longer, as opposed to 400 a week for a month less. That's mm. all the fighting the Republicans could muster in <laughs> amendments to the bill. While this technically means the total spilling, spending of the bill would decrease, to me, this move rings both hollow and ill-advised for a multitude of reasons. Chiefly among them, Arguing to lower a part of the bill that could actually be quantified as stimulus to regular Americans affected by the lockdowns, not coronavirus, the lockdowns, seems mm -hmm. like political suicide. At the same time, the overwhelming majority of that $1.9 trillion is going to special interest. The average Americans will never see a penny of it. The spending hasn't been talked down by a cent. I want to say really quickly before I finish this, I had said in the previous Stimupork episodes that in typical par for the course, and especially for Republicans, all of the cronyism, all of the handouts, that was never on the chopping block, guys. They were going to pass their crony stimulus bill, and they were going to give billions, nay, trillions of dollars to special interests. There was nothing that was ever going to stop that. The mm -hmm. only thing that was even on the table for discussion was your money. That's right. all. <laughs> With that said, if the entire Republican delegation isn't willing to walk out of the chambers over $1.9 trillion in mostly handouts to cronies, then they certainly aren't principled fiscal conservatives. They aren't really principled anything, but that's the modern GOP. So these Republican lawmakers, uh, law, lawmakers <laughs> will hang their hat on a minuscule reduction in the total spending of the bill with what little victory they have to show coming at the expense of what the typical American would have enjoyed. 
The cronies' special interest, however, deeply rooted in all of D.C. and both political parties, will not feel the slightest pinch to their impending dividend. In this way, Republicans are the worst. They manage to both die on a hill and not have a shred of principle at the same time. They love to lose. But where's the Correct. lie, though? Yeah. <laughs> but, but where's the lie, though? Correct. I, there's not. And it, it, I know I've mentioned it several times, but it comes back to what you said. You've said several times that, you know, uh, the Republican Party is dying. It's killing itself. Yeah. And, and there you go. So anyway, on that note, uh, we got one more segment. We're actually going to give you an update on the Amber Geiger, Botham Jean murder. Uh, you might remember we did in a previous episode, Amber Geiger was sentenced to 10 years in jail for the murder of Botham Jean. We're going to give you an update on that case right after the break. Don't you go on. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Alan Mosley. That's, that, that music makes me so happy for us to then turn around and do a really... Um, Blood, pr- blood pressure raising segment of the show. So I know, yeah. I know that our our producer extraordinaire Sherry loves the loves the police and the justice system. So we're just gonna mute. We're just <laughs> no, gonna we're gonna mute Sherry's mic for the rest of the segment because she'll just tell me how upset she is. Yeah. At what I'm saying about this case. So we're gonna go ahead and pull this up. Amber Geiger granted appeal, claiming self defense when she murdered Botham John. By the way, this is coming from the Free Thought Project, written by Matt Agrist, and they do, I mean, they have a whole section of their website on police accountability, so you know, you know that they're our kind of people. As the Free Thought Project reported in, in 2019, the family of Botham Jean thought they were finally going to see some justice after the police officer who killed their beloved son was found guilty of murder. While the guilty verdict was certainly a welcome rarity, on Wednesday, this killer's blue privilege finally shined through. For murdering an innocent man in his own apartment, Amber Geiger was sentenced to just 10 years in prison. Now, that's inadequate, but at least the justice system got that far. They found a a police officer guilty and sentenced that police officer to prison. However, uh, uh, S. Lee Merritt, an attorney who represented Botham Sean's family, wrote on Twitter at at the time of her original conviction, however... It could, it, the sentence could soon be far more inadequate as Geiger was just granted an appeal to overturn her murder conviction. According to CBS Dallas Fort Worth in the appeal, lawyers for the former officer Amber Geiger, who was fired from the department nearly three weeks after the shooting, cite insufficient evidence to prove she committed murder. We'll, we'll explain that in a second because you're like, well, she admitted to the crime. And instead are asking that she be found guilty of criminally negligent homicide. The latter charge is normally punishable by no more than two years in prison. Her attorneys argue in court documents that because she believed she were in her own apartment, Geiger was acting in self-defense. An insidiously laughable claim. According to her attorneys, the evidence in the trial was, quote, legally insufficient to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Geiger committed murder because she had, quote, reasonable belief that she was in her own apartment. There was an intruder inside, court documents say. 
Her mistaken belief, quote, negated the culpability of murder because although she intentionally and knowingly caused Jean's death, she had the right to act in deadly force of self-defense, court documents say. I mean, the audacity to even frame it that way, it just shows you the, mm -hmm. the, the disconnect between the them and the us. I'm going to finish, finish this up really quick. In the circumstance, she believed deadly force was immediately necessary or reasonable under the circumstances. Imagine unlawfully entering someone else's home, killing them, and then claiming self-defense. It is as asinine as it is corrupt and is the play right out of the military-industrial complex playbook. The trial date is set for April 27th. If she were to win, Geiger could be freed later this year, 2021. Yeah. By the way, we have a picture from when she was originally found guilty in the court. That's State District Judge Tammy Kemp giving former Dallas officer Amber Geiger a hug before Geiger leaves for jail. How many other convicted murderers receive hugs and parting gifts from the judge who reside over their case? I'm willing to bet the answer is zero. Just pretty good bet. You're, you're supposed to do that kind of stuff, by the way, behind closed doors. You don't right. do it for the whole world to just see how corrupt and privileged you are. Right. Um, so I, I, I want to finish just at the very end of the article here, and then we'll break it down for a second. Um, now, obviously, the Jean family is, is not too happy. Botham Jean's mother had originally told reporters that the trial exposed just how corrupt the Dallas Police Department is. The city of Dallas needs to clean up inside. The Dallas Police Department has a lot of laundry to do. Indeed, they do. As the Free Thought Project reported, no search warrant was ever executed on Geiger's apartment. Hmm. On the contrary, however, the police had no problem releasing information publicly about the victim. On the day this murder, uh, this mother had to bury her son, police chose to release the results of a search warrant from his apartment, claiming they found a tiny bit of pot. Right. Well, he deserved to die then, I guess. Oh, absolutely. What's more? Geiger wasn't immediately arrested despite admitting to killing Botham Jean. It would take the police department three days to bring charges against her. Had the roles been reversed and Botham had shot Geiger, rest assured he would have been immediately thrown in jail, by the way, if he was still alive, right. by the way. Exactly. He would have been given no hugs or Bibles handed out after his sentencing. Geiger's sentence and subsequent appeal show that there are two sets of justice systems in the country, one for the establishment class of bureaucrats, politicians, and law enforcement, and one for everybody else. Um, so if there's, if there's a final thing, I want people to walk away from that. So, so it'll be later in April that the actual uh, trial is set for the appeal. If she is granted the appeal, then that means that they will have lowered the charge to criminally negligent homicide. But what is most like to happen is that she will be released in 2021, the year as we are recording this program. Right. For killing a guy. Right. For, I, and by, the, by, the, by the way, not, not for it being a vehicular homicide where someone ran a stop sign by accident. No, she right. walked into his apartment and shot him dead. Mm-hmm. And it's establishing a precedence. Yes, it's a exactly right. It's 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 establishing the precedent, but it, it kind of you know you know what it makes me think the whole the whole time I'm reading through that article, it makes me think of the oh he's arrest he's he's resisting arrest. Is that right. is that is that pot I smell? You got pot in there, mm -hmm. boy. 
right? We we already live in a world where in a lot of places, if the officer with with no really physical evidence to prove their state of mind, purely how mm -hmm. they their their fifis, purely yeah. how they feel. <laughs> Actually, perhaps it may not even be how they feel. It may be how they were told to feel by their right. union representative after the case. Right. Um, if if the officer feels threatened, if they think you've done something, if right. they think they smell pot, if they if they if they feel like you're resisting, then they will escalate, escalate, escalate until you are dead. Right. I mean, civil that, asset forfeiture is still going. It's exciting. This whole this whole concept of, well, she thought it was her apartment, so she thought she was defending herself well i guess mm -hmm. since since officer geiger thought that i guess it's just okay right it, it, it's too bad it's really too bad that he died because you know that she she thought she was uh, in her own apartment and he was acting aggressive towards her therefore it doesn't matter what reality is it only matters what a cop believes reality is it and it just just to drive the point home how much they just don't give a crap about you is that this is this is not us being cynics. This is not you and I putting <laughs> words in their mouth saying, well, she thought that. That's their actual defense. Mm -hmm. And they've been granted a chance at an appeal. Right. There are so, plenty of people sitting in jail that have far more better evidence for their appeals and don't get them than that. I mean... If she, if, if Amber got, if so, if, if the, if the role was reversed and it was Botham John, you better believe, you know, officer Harris would make damn sure he stayed in jail the rest of his life. Even if, if, if Botham John had evidence, you know, uh, proving his innocent, Kamala Harris would still try to keep him in jail. There's, exactly. I mean, obviously we're hitting at, it's a, it's a double standard, which it, it clearly is, but just to don't. I, I guess what I would leave with to, before we hit to the finale for today is I even saw on that very article on the Free Thought Project's website, I, I saw people in the comments saying, well, you know, I, I, you know, officers should be held to a different standard, but it's, but, you know, we got to let the system work and it's not fair for her to not have a chance at an appeal because they, they have a case to make and all this stuff. And I'm like, I, I don't. I don't want to prognosticate, but I genuinely do think that she'll probably get off. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not because I'm sitting there as the judge thinking her case has even a shred of merit. It doesn't. It's because mm -hmm. we've seen this story. We've seen, it's the, it's the, it's the Michael J. Like, I have seen this one before. We've seen mm -hmm. this one before and they get <laughs> off. Back to the future. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could ruin everybody's evening. So let's, uh, so there you are then. We still hate cops. <laughs> just, just in case there was anyone confusing this program. I know we got a lot of new viewers in the last few weeks and some of our appearances right. and other guests. Now you know, no. Don't lick yeah. the boot. Um, <laughs> guys, we'll be back to wrap up the show right after this break. Don't go away. Hi guys, it's Alan here, and I want to take a moment to let you know about one of our supporters who started a new business. Laura Moreau sells 50 different health and wellness all-natural products, from weight loss, supplements, energy enhancers, body toning, longer and stronger hair, and so much more. Do you like coffee? 
Well, they even have coffee that'll help you drop some pounds. And who doesn't want to drop a few pounds? Go check her out at her online store at lauramoreau.itworks.com today. That's lauramoreau.itworks.com. Like our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash TV. You can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com at TV. Subscribe to our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash TV. Also, guys, don't forget we're, all, we're now on Odyssey. You can go to Odyssey, search It's Too Late with Alan Mosley, Alan Mosley TV, Alan Mosley. You really can't go wrong. Don't complain about being on these platforms that, in big tech that silences you. Go support a decentralized platform. You can do so at odyssey.com. Uh, Sherry, do you have a final thought? <sighs> don't trust the cops ever, ever, ever. No. Or politicians. <laughs> well... Only a Sith deals in absolute, Sherry. <laughs> and we are. And we are Sith. So, um, man, I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody here in a few days. Yeah, me too. It's going to be fun. Sher- Sherry Voluntary is going to be there. Mike of Mike and Friends will be there. Mike Meharry, yeah. the 10th Amendment Center, will be there. God and Friends, he'll be there. Yeah, we'll, socializing. Suzanne and Jeff and the whole Wasatch Report gang will be there. It's it's going to be so much fun. If you can't make it, then um, we shall remember you. We <laughs> we will we will give a banana pudding toast to your honor. Ooh. I know, right? Right? I hope you've been dieting because nice. next weekend, man, it's over. Um, yeah, guys, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode, and we will see you next week.